1: We've talked about
2: it, and anything that we do on the sideline, whether it's good or bad, if it's communicating the right way, whatever it is, you know, yes. put under the microscope and judged every certain way and every angle. But again, we're just trying to be the best teammates that we could be for each other. And I owe a lot of my success in my career to him. And I think he would he would feel the same way about me. But I love that guy like a brother. Always will. You know, we're going to do some big things next year. Josh Allen sitting down with the Pat McAfee Show. Allen did not go to the award show. He skipped out and he went to uh, Barstool Sports. Did some trivia games with them. I saw highlights of that. He was also good at trivia. Yeah. What can't he do? He also had uh, on the Pat McAfee show. I saw. Did you see? He had like a a subway safe, like one of those bank vault things that you would carry money around in, and nobody knew what the code was except for Josh Allen. And it was filled with foot-long chocolate chip cookies. Wow. Knows <laughs> out in my mind it was 1717. 17. <laughs> or 1714. It was not. It was a password oh. that I'm guessing he set because it was... Uh, let's just say it was about as inappropriate as a password as you could get. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to guess and we, we Yes, could, we all know. <laughs> we just won't. 8030550. Jeremy and Joe with you. Uh, we're going to call Brian Coziel in a moment. Waste management open is... Uh, this weekend got delayed with weather. They had some crazy I, I, stuff. I need the I need them to get going here because I'm going to need that nice little pot before the uh, before the Super Bowl. I'm going to need my cash outs before the game starts on uh, Sunday. And I don't are they going to get it in? I hope Brian's going to tell me yes because I I got a lot of outstanding stuff yeah. for the Waste Management Open. I need Scheffler to win. Bruce in Derby. Good morning, Bruce.
1: Morning, gentlemen. How you doing today? Good, Bruce. Uh, I just got a comment about the MVP and a question for you. Then I'll hang up. First. Uh... I really remember when this MVP thing meant something back in the day. Now it's like just seems watered down. They start talking about it at the first week of preseason, and it just—it's skewed. It's like just a popularity contest. It seems to me like doesn't really much matter. And then my question is, how many of these MVPs that actually want—you know, the guys that won it—how many of them do you think or know actually made it? into the Hall of Fame at the end of their careers. I'd just be curious to find that out.
2: Yeah, most of them. Most of them. and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and Lamar uh, Lamar is a multiple-time MVP. We've got instant trivia for that later on. He joins a pretty elusive or uh, exclusive group or whatever, a small group of guys to win multiple MVPs. But your MVPs, all right, how many make the Hall of Fame? You find one. I'll list the guys that won't make the Hall of Fame, okay? Mm-hmm. Cam Newton. Probably won't. I don't th- think he okay. will. I'm going to keep going back. Sean Alexander. Mm-hmm. Didn't he have like a 30 touchdown year, but no. I yeah. Don't think so. Okay. I'm going to keep going back. Rich Gannon. No. Steve McNair. No. no. Terrell Davis is in. The reason I'm this far, I'm still going to find the next non Hall of Famer. Boomer Esiason I'm in 88, 1988. Uh, after that, I'm still going back. Sean Alexander did have an 1,800-yard, 27-touchdown season. Mark Mosley in 1982. The reason I had to keep going back is because here are your MVP winners. Uh, Lamar, Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, Matt Ryan. I bet he does make it. Matt Ryan? Yeah. Peyton Manning, Adrian Peterson, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Terrell Davis, Brett Favre, Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith, Thurman Thomas, Joe Montana. Like, the MVP is a Hall of Fame award. Yeah. Not many guys win it and don't go to the Hall of Fame. And Lamar's won it twice. I think Lamar is... If you could if you could get Hall of Fame odds on Lamar right now, he'd ha- I think he'd have to be a favorite to make it. Yeah. I think Josh is probably a favorite to make it, too. But it would help him to get a couple of awards <laughs> or something. So, thanks for the phone call, Bruce. Eight zero three zero five fifty. Twitter poll is, Which is stranger? DeMar Hamlin not winning comeback player of the year. Or... Lamar Jackson getting 49 out of fifty first first-place votes in a year where everyone said it was really hard to pin down who the MVP was this year until the end. Brian Coziel joins us, host of T to Green, host of our Sabres broadcast as well, pre- and post-game. He'll be up this weekend with a Kids Day game tomorrow. Brian, which of those is stranger to you, the Hamlin one or the Lamar one?
1: Oof. I think probably in the end I'm going to go with the fact that Allen only got one first-place vote the numbers to me um, really indicate like that it should have been very close. I, I thought I I wasn't expecting him to win. It seemed like that you know mostly we were getting that message that Lamar was going to win. But I thought with the numbers of what Allen put up and how he led in touchdowns and yards, and the fact that the Bills finished so strong, I thought that he could definitely at least garner a little attention. The fact that he only, what, he finished fifth overall in the voting. I thought that, too, was surprising, that there were guys that were voted much higher ahead of him, even just regardless of whether or not they've already uh, voted Lamar first. So I think I will say that. Uh, the Hamlin award, the Hamlin thing is so interesting because um, I think everybody just assumed, like, oh, that this, even though Flacco had such an incredible story on the field, you know, what Hamlin had to overcome off the field, like that there was no way they weren't going to give it to him. Um, and, and that one, I guess football wise, I can argue for, um, but I guess life-wise it seems still kind of shocking to me that, that, I mean, I feel like I remember reading articles saying that they should rename the award after DeMar Hamlin and the fact that he didn't even win it the year he was up for it. Um, I guess I'm talking myself into maybe the other side here as I'm going here, but the, the Allen numbers to me are just the fact that he finished fifth. That's probably maybe my most surprising thing.
2: Brian Coziel on the Western Hotline. We'll get back to this football stuff and the the awards and what Diggs had to say with Kay Adams yesterday. Um but Brian, the Waste Management Open is underway, and this is uh I was, I was trying to think of all the golf events. You've got the majors, then you've got the players, and then this course has really carved itself out this spot, right? Like it's uh it's an elevated event, and you've got the stadium around the sixteenth hole and I think the Waste Management Open has done a great job of marketing by just kind of embracing what they are. I was, I was thinking about it like Bill's Mafia. Maybe at one point the rowdiness, the sponsors and people might have thought, well, this is getting out of hand, and then they decided, you know what, screw it. Might as well just go all the way in, because the Waste Management Open has a pretty good thing going these days.
1: For sure. I mean, it's known as the rowdiest tournament in golf, the biggest party in golf, and now the fact that they've kind of embraced it and taken that on, uh, including the players, uh, I think that they do have kind of like their own brand. And you're right, it's not with the majors, um, but it's almost maybe uh, a, a really nice contrast to what we had last week with Pebble Beach. You know, you're you're celebrating the history and the tradition and the beautiful views and, and all that goes with Pebble Beach and the pristine scene that can be golf. And then next week, it's the biggest party. And that scene at the 16th hole, that they essentially build a stadium around, for those that haven't seen it. It's a par three, and literally now it's totally enclosed. And their logo for this tournament has taken shape of that hole that their stadium has built around it. And they encourage the crowd to go crazy and to even to kind of get after the golfers if they had a poor shot. Uh, It's definitely the most, uh, in terms of the crowd, it's the most unique scene that you'll see in all of professional golf. And
2: players, it's kind of funny like how much they embrace it and how much they have to play through it it's a it's a regular tournament for a lot of it um you know whatever it can be rowdy in other parts but coming down the back stretch whether it's you know friday sunday whatever you kind of have to as a player i think step into a different mindset when you get to that hole
0: yeah
1: guys put on different hats they sometimes change their shirt just to kind of embrace that whole scene and get the crowd on their side yeah i i think it's
0: you put in the hours the energy the tough labor you are a fighter and medela is your reward medela the mark of a fighter trick responsibly beer imported by crownland port chicago illinois now with the mlb app you can get baseball your way pick your favorite team your favorite players and get- customized highlights stories and breaking news right on your home feed follow the action with game tip where 3d replays add another dimension plus notifications can keep you connected to every pitch every hit every game the mlb app baseball your way download it now for free from the app store or google play blackout and other restrictions apply major league baseball trade parts used with permission
1: i think it's something that you know that you prepare for as you go toward the end of your round there with that being the 60th hole and you're right i mean the other holes I mean, there's definitely activity and, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people that will attend this event over the four days. And it is the highly attended, the most highly attended event uh, of the season on the PGA tour. But definitely I think, you know, if, if you're in contention, there is something that you have to prepare yourself for because it is a different, I guess, scene and a different mindset what you normally would be where it's dead silence normally when you're hitting, um, this one, I think golfers, even if they don't like it, I think they've probably decided that, look, it's not worth fighting it in terms of maybe what had happened a few years ago when there was like, well, how far can the crowd go to be noisy? You know, what is the, the tour and the, and the um, kind of volunteers going to allow? Now they just, they basically are letting everything go. I mean, it is very, if you watch any of the coverage today and you watch 16, it is very, very loud as the guy, is as the player is preparing to hit. So I think this is something that players now kind of go in with a different mindset. I think, look, this is just part of the event. And I think most of the guys have embraced it and kind of turned it into something fun and you get great reactions when guys do hit a good shots. So that is kind of fun. You're, you're, you're going into kind of a, you know, a football sort of type venue into kind of almost like an enclosed, I guess the closest thing you'd get to almost like a dome setting for golf uh, with how they have that set up.
2: Brian Koziel on the Western Hotline Brian, a weekend for the Sabres coming up as well with a game tomorrow, Kids Day against the Blues. You know, they've they've played better this last month or so. You know, the record is what it is. They're not gaining too much ground. Do you think there's I don't want to say a moral victory in here because they actually are getting more victories and they've they've been able to put together a reasonable run, but it's not getting them anywhere. How how does this, how does the season end if they end playing well? And you know, I wonder how motivated they'll be to make changes how how drastic those might be or if they think that what they've done in the last month is a truer sign to maybe who they
1: are well hopefully they'll learn their lesson from last year i mean they finished the last month very well and decided to just run almost the exact same lineup back you know they added a couple of defensemen who in general overall have not really made a huge impact you know eric johnson's Penalty-killing efforts, I think, have improved the penalty kill. I don't expect Eric Johnson to be on this team past the trade deadline, so that maybe is a moot point to even discuss. And Connor Clifton has been better, but he had a lot of four starts overall that also has been a part of why this team is where they are in the standings. Um, but to answer your question, if they just kind of you know, maybe stick on this, I know they're what, like on a 9-6-1 pace kind of thing, uh, over the last month or so and kind of play at that and get themselves a little closer, but ultimately don't make it. I hope that there was still enough of a sample size that Kevin Adams and Don Granato, if they are the ones making the decisions in the off season, really decide, Hey, we have to tinker with this a little bit more than just signing some sort of token, you know, last pair defenseman and some sort of, uh, you know, flip a couple of players up front. Uh, I know last year, you know, bringing back a Bringing back Gergensen, bringing back Olsson, uh, all those th- all those three players. Um, you know, the, the Olsson one was had to be more of a trade, but those were all decisions that Kevin Adams I think could have gone the other way with. And maybe the lineup looks a little bit different right now. They clearly have had the injury bug. You know, it's something that happens to all teams, but it seems like this team, in terms of their top group, their top six, they've really had that uh, been a thorn in their side. But guess what? That's part of an NHL season and. You know, sometimes you end up on the wrong end of it, and, you know, they're still not going to be healthy here basically for the rest of the season with no Samuelson and basically Quinn almost out for the remainder.
2: Brian Koziel on the Western Hotline. Brian, what's going on, T.D. Green, this weekend? You guys have a Sabres game at 1 o'clock, so how's the schedule move around?
1: Yeah, so we our first show is going to be coming up on the 24th. We've been doing weekly podcasts, but our first show coming back for the season uh, will be at on February 24th. Um, we kind of go to some of our indoor places to start the season. We'll be at the golf dojo um, to start our season on Transit Road in Williamsville on February 24th. So that's when it officially comes back on WGR uh, on Saturday mornings from 7 to 8.
2: Very good. Brian Coziel. Thanks, Brian.
1: Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a good day.
2: You too. Tomorrow, a 1 o'clock face-off, kids' day, another kids' day game. And the Waste Management picks back up today. Did you see, I'm just finding this out now, there was a guy who missed his tea time yesterday. No, I did not. Lucas Glover said he misread his text messages. Wow. He had an 826 local tea time, he just didn't show up. Mm. Because he thought his tea time was later in the day. Have you ever missed a tea time because you just didn't know the time? Misread Uh, text messages? Yeah, Maybe. And has that ever happened on the tour before? That can't ha- that can't be normal or uh, frequent. That someone got disqualified because... By the way, I have bets on Lucas Glover for this week. I don't know what happens there. He, it, it goes as a withdrawal. It goes and, as a withdrawal. Yeah, that'll be voided for you. All right, good. Because he just overslept? I don't even yeah. really know. 550 At 7 o'clock... Josh, can, do you, can you see, can we get the technology to send out one of those uh, emergency broadcast system where we alert everyone's phone that we're going to be talking about something that they need to be listening to at 7 o'clock? Do we have the, we can't do that, only like for, okay, only actual emergencies? Joe, we, we need to stage an intervention with people on on Stefan Diggs. There needs to be an intervention. That'll be at seven. I think o'clock. I might. I think I might need it. You need it. Okay. I, think I'll, I'll, I might need it. Too. I'll be here to give you an intervention. All right. I'm here for everyone. <laughs> I'm not going to start it now. The it's, r- the, it's the, the, on the surface though. The, you can- <laughs> the, the true drama queens. Let's talk about who the true drama queens are. We'll get to that at seven o'clock. We've got instant trivia. Stat of the day. You know, lots of fun to get to. Lots of fun. Uh, Dan Dunleavy at 8.30, Kevin Price. I've got a Let's Get Stupid. Those, okay. are, those are you know good yes. Good Friday Good Friday content. Jeremy and Joe, Josh Schmidt producing. Give us a call, 803-0550 on Damar Hamlin not winning comeback player of the year or on Lamar Jackson getting 49 of 50 first place votes. Nearly only the third unanimous MVP in a system where it's less likely to be unanimous than ever before. Crazy. It's It's just absolutely wild to me.